everybody, and welcome to another episode of Murder Moms. Uh, this is Maggie. I'm Janessa. We're here to talk about some murder. We are. Uh, before we start, how was your week, or your two weeks? Did you find anything dead? I mean, Oh ask. my god. So, <laughs> I have a dead thing kit in my car, which consists of a solid gray plastic tote and gloves and some plastic bags. There's a picture on our social media. Yeah, it's not for murder. It's f- for finding dead animals. It's for dead things. It's not for murder. Things. It's for dead things. Yeah. I like oddities and stuff. And so, in any case, I have a, a dead things kit in the back of my car. And I have not found anything dead that I could stop for because I wasn't on my way to work that I can also take. Because Florida laws say that you can have any roadkill. So long as it's not an endangered species. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember if foxes are or not. Like, coyotes I know are up for grab. There's open hunting on coyotes yeah. year-round because there's so many of them. But I couldn't remember about foxes. So, no, I haven't found anything. Uh, the Twisted Tea Guy. There's a video online of some ignorant, racist dude just saying the N-word because As he thinks he can. saw the whole video. Have you seen the whole video? I don't, well, see, now I don't know. I thought I did. So, I've seen from when he's standing there, and he's just, he's talking and talking, and he's, and then he starts with, where are you from? And he's like, I'm from here. Okay, yeah, and he is calling the guy the N-word. Yeah. And the guy's like, don't call me that. Yeah. And he's like, are you gonna hit me with that? And then he's Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he, I have seen the whole thing. He does. Yeah. And then afterwards, the guy, um, the black guy lays into him. His name is him. Barry Allen, by the way. Barry Allen. Yeah, he's in one of my bartending groups. Is he? Yes. His name right now is Barry T-K-O Allen. Yes. Is it T-E-A? Yeah, T-E-A. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Um. But in any case, yeah, no, I've seen the whole one where he, like, hits him a couple more times and somebody's like, alright, he, he's gotten his. I love the lady recording the video who's like, yes, he deserves it. Oh, yeah, so uh, I, I drew a sticker Mm-hmm. For I the twisted it. tea. It mm-hmm. says twisted tea and then it says smack me. Um, then it says hard hitting tea. But for the video I did, I used the audio from the video, mm-hmm. obviously, for my my time lapse of me drawing it. And right before the video ends, the lady recording goes, yeah, you got yours, buddy. And then the video just ends. But I love it so much. Like, the timing is so good. I love her joy for that dude getting his ass whooped. Mm-hmm. He deserved it. He did deserve it, 100%. Especially because the guy had been like, don't call me that. Like, he shouldn't be saying it at all. But if, no. if he had at least been like, oh, my B-man, sorry. Yeah. That, that'd be one thing, but he was just like, no, I'm gonna say it all day. Yeah. I'm gonna find you, I'm gonna say it to He you. had to be fucked up. Oh, he was very... He had to be fucked up. It was your two weeks. It's good. We had Christmas. Yes. That was fun. Good. I got, oh, I didn't tell you. I got two sets, so I have to return one, of the Harry Potter deck building game. It's a, it comes in, it looks like a trunk, and it's like a card. I have no idea how it works. Okay. We're going to play it. Okay. It'll be fun. I don't understand what deck building is, but. I don't know. It sounds like hard manual labor. It looks like fun. I got two of those. It's Harry Potter themed. It'll be good. All right. I'm here well, for we're it. We're going to play that. Otherwise, I've just been hanging out at my house. Yep. Okay. Um. Oh my. Yeah. So, uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be straight up here. This is not going to be an easy case to listen to. I really didn't have 
the information, like, I had no idea what all went into this case, like, how deep it was. I really just only had it at, like, face value. I had heard of it before, and somebody had put it in with their recommendations on one of the cases we should do, and I was like, oh, I know that one. Okay. I'll do that one. I was like, I know some stuff about that, but I did not know as much as I should have before choosing this, and by the time I realized how dark this case was it was too late i was so deep in it yeah like i had i had to just commit to the rest of it so today we are going to talk about wesley allen dodd um he was born in washington in 1961 and was the eldest of three children all three of the children reported that the house even though it was safe and comfortable it was never like a happy or loving home Mm -hmm. the environment was just an environment. They, they didn't feel anything from anybody. Yeah. You know, um, Dot and his sister Catherine have both stated that they could never recall being told I love you by either parent. And at nine years old, Dot said he knew that he was attracted to other boys, but of course he didn't tell anyone. But Greg, the middle child, his brother, said that the children all knew that he was gay to some sure. extent and teased him for it often and would like just be you know mean kids in the 60s to a gay kid like typical bullying stuff for that time period they all just kind of made fun of it and would call him a nerd constantly dodd said that never happened and he could only remember ever being teased twice when he was younger like had no idea what his brother was talking about or why he would say that. Okay. He said that there were no red flags for him growing up other than, you know, not being a loving home. Sure. Everything else was pretty normal. At 13, after his parents separated, Dodd got caught exposing himself to some neighborhood kids. And when the police came to the family's home, Dodd's father, Wesley J. Dodd, dismissed it as unruly teenage boy behavior and just boys kind of will be boys yeah exactly and just like brush it off but later he admitted that his son wesley dog had been sent there we go had been sent to therapy for molesting two of his cousins a boy and a girl previously okay uh however mr dodd was very confident that therapy had fixed his son and that was it you know nobody nobody said anything else about it okay Dodd continued to prey on the neighborhood kids and his schoolmates, though, and he would offer to babysit children in the neighborhood and sexually abuse them, including his dad's girlfriend's kids. Okay. So it just kept going, because how could your son do anything wrong? When he was 15, Dodd's father attempted suicide, and Dodd again exposed himself and was arrested for several sexual offenses. And this was when he was 15, you said? This is when he was 15, so this is two years after he got in trouble. Okay. There was nothing to connect the two events, but I thought it was important that they happened around the same time period. Yeah. I immediately connected those two together. Yeah. So. So, so, So did I, and evidently other people did too, because I found notes about how Dodd had denied that his parents' divorce or his father's attempted suicide had anything to do with his sexual offenses, and he just... No, that was just something that happened to them. It didn't affect me, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But the judge, you know, was like, well, he's young. This probably did affect him. And he didn't want to give him a long sentence because of that. Sure. You know, he saw these things happening to this kid and thought he was just 
reaching out. Leniency, yeah. Yeah. So he was released with a recommendation for juvenile counseling and got a good scolding, essentially. Yeah. A slap on the wrist sort of thing. This happened several more times, though. Even after he graduated from high school, each time the judge would give minimal sentencing despite his record growing with more and more sex-related crimes. No, after the first couple, like, there needs to be some real, some real consequences. Yeah, for sure. In August of 1981, he was 20 now, so. Okay. He attempted to abduct two girls and failed. In September, Dodd joined the Navy with that open case against him, I'm assuming to get away from any charges, and they took him. How? 1981. Okay. After basic training, Dodd was sent to, I think I'm saying this right, Bagthor, Washington. Unfortunately, all of the training from the military didn't change Dodd at all. I know I've seen people that joined the military and they kind of matured afterwards. Mm-hmm. This did nothing for Dodd and he continued to exhibit the same behaviors when he was a child now, except this time he was doing it to children on a military base. And when he was enlisted, Dodd offered a group of young boys $50, American dollars, obviously, mm-hmm. to play strip poker in a hotel room with him. But the boys ran away and he was arrested because they went and told somebody. Good boys. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the correct reaction, everyone. Just fucking run. During the interrogation, Dodd admitted that he had planned to molest the boys uh-huh. and was yet again released with no charges. He went... AWOL, mid-1982. Of course he did. (laughs) But he showed up in jail after being arrested for yet another sexual crime when he exposed himself to another nine-year-old boy. He received a general discharge from the military, but the case was dropped. Like, they kicked him out. Yeah, I know you're looking at me like that because I said general. Mm Mm-hmm. They literally just kicked him out. That was it. There weren't any charges. Nothing else. So, before she said general discharge, I was sitting here listening attentively with my my head tilted in my hand. And she said general discharge. And I sat up. My eyes got big. And shock on my face. It looked more like anger. I mean, like... Like a how dare you sort of face. Okay. I mean, that that was also, like... Kind of. It was a bunch of emotions there. If you're wondering why... That was a a shock or distaste. I don't know. It's because instead of getting a dishonorable discharge, he was just... Or a court-martial. Or a court-martial or anything else, he was just discharged, which is literally nothing. Got that DD-214 and was gone. Gone. That's it, right? So the court's non-action against Dodd just over and over throughout the years, right? Yeah, enabling him and and it's... It did. empowering him. Yeah. Because he's just like... Oh, what am I? What's gonna happen to me? Yeah. Nothing. Let me just keep doing this. Exactly. Let me just get more brazen because nothing happens to me. Exactly. I'm in the military. Oh, real bad things could happen. What happens to me? Nothing. Yeah, he's got that Will Schuster confidence. Like no white man should be this confident in himself, but Will Schuster gets up there and raps like fucking nobody's business, and it's not good. Just nothing kept happening to him, and he saw himself as essentially untouchable and became bolder with his crimes. Mm-hmm. Like instead of just flashing people. He he got more brazen. He did. He did get more brazen. In 1982, in his new town, remember he's out of the military now, so he's moved to Benton, Washington. Uh, he lured a young boy away from a park 
made the boy undress before fondling him and luckily told somebody and he was arrested and he pled guilty to that and he spent 30 day- days in jail and then had court-ordered counseling. So you're seeing how I, like, did not see all of these facts at face value. Like, I just saw a generalized case. Yeah. So much. Yeah. So then, court-ordered counseling, Dodd moved to Lewiston, Ohio, to live with his father with the court's permission. He signed up for an outpatient counseling program and was rumored to do very well with it. But the success was short-lived. In 1984, he again molested a young boy, this time age 10, and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. I said that's a little substantial, but let me guess. Wait, wait, wait. He got out in four with good behavior. His sentence was commuted oh, to f- one year with probation and the condition that he attended more counseling. Why? I don't know. I really don't. Nothing, nothing I read said... Anything about why they were so lenient with him after this is like the sixth time he's been were arrested. Were they not seeing his whole record? Like it, they had to. What, have. what year are we in now? We're in 1982. I mean, maybe this was before, but a lot of it was in Washington, so it still would have been same state at the very least. I don't know. Maybe this was before you could all the records were linked or something. That's the only thing I can think of as to why. And so maybe they weren't seeing the whole record. Well, and they didn't have really strict laws for sexual assault or molestation at this point. So, like, I know, like, California now has this three strikes rule where Mm -hmm. you do it three times, that's it, you're done. But they didn't have anything like that. That's true. So, I don't know. That still doesn't answer why his sentencing was so minimal. But I really, I really don't know. But, yeah, he went to the counseling but stopped. As soon as his probation was over. Like, as soon as mm-hmm. he didn't have to check in with somebody, he was done. And then yeah. he moved back to Washington, uh, this time in Vancouver, which I didn't realize how close to the border Vancouver was. I yeah. thought it was going to be more centralized. No. It's not. It's, it's right there. Yeah. Um, but once he was settled in Vancouver, he sought out to find, essentially, hunting grounds. I, this, I'm sorry. That was... Ugh doesn't taste good in my mouth you know what I mean like the thought of yeah but yeah he set out to find some hunting grounds and he settled on David Douglas Park and that is also in Vancouver and in 1987 he was arrested yet again when he attempted to allure another young boy into an abandoned building but the boy ran and reported Dodd to the first person he saw The police suggested a five-year prison sentence for Dodd after looking into his record. However, he was, yet again, let off with a minimum sentence because he hadn't actually touched or exposed himself to the boy. There was only intent. Yeah, I know. I just... mm. Yeah. We're not... We're not even to the worst bits. Alright. I'm just so annoyed at these judges. Like... Like, he, he, he is a bad person, but these judges who are just letting him off, like, what? They, this time, you know, I was asking about his record. This time they specifically looked into his record and recommended some prison time. Yeah. It doesn't get better. Well, I'm, I'm sure. 
yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get any better. He became somehow more addicted to hunting for his victims and of course favored Davis David Douglas Park and over the next two years he would molest over fifty children in this park. That's two a month. Like that's that is that's crazy to me. Yeah. Oh my god. And he didn't get caught or any time. No, not really. So he he had quite a long streak where like he was getting busted, and yeah. then he managed to. Um... So he was arrested in 1987 for that for the kid that he got let off with because he didn't actually do anything. Right. And then mm-hmm. the next time anything happens again isn't until 1989. So he literally for two years was just prowling this park for children. And unfortunately, none of them felt the need to say anything or felt strong enough to say anything or couldn't understand what happened to them to say anything. And he just kept doing it. Yeah. He managed to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Perfect his strategy. Yeah. Between that and really just luck at, you know, kids being kids, Mm -hmm. he, he just was able to do it for so long. (sighs) <sighs> it, starts, it starts to get so hard here. He began to keep a diary, and it was essentially like a record-keeping book for him with mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff in it. We'll get into that, but it's... Sadly, on September 4th, 1989, his addiction hit its peak when he geared up with shoelaces and a fish fillet knife and went to the park to hunt. It was Labor Day, so there were obviously a bunch of people at the park, and he knew that there would be kids, and he mm-hmm. came across two young boys, 11-year-old Cole Near and his brother, William, playing. So I have pictures. Okay. I'm going to show you. So this is Cole. I know it's like a small picture, but he's, you know, super young, very cute yeah. little baby. He's got, you know, dark, shaggy kid hair, big old smile. It's a it's a newspaper clip an older newspaper clipping so like it is kind of hard to see but he's he's a happy kid he's got some dark eyes and dark hair and he's yeah. a cutie and then we also have his brother William <laughs> and he just looks like every time I ask my children to smile for a picture <laughs> and they somehow know and do not know what a smile is simultaneously and you end up with like that almost Grinch smirk. Yeah. And it's my favorite thing. He kind of looks like a troublemaker. <laughs> he, he, yeah. He's, like class clown. You said they're siblings? Yeah. He, you know, he's the one who's just like, hey, there's chocolate in the fridge. Yeah. We should get it. Dodd lured the boys away to a secluded wooden area where he forced them to undress each other before tying them to trees with the shoelaces he had brought. He then forced himself on the boys, and when he was done, he used the fish fillet knife to stab them both multiple times. He left the boys there, and they were found not even 15 minutes later. Yeah, it feels busy. Yeah, um, Cole was pronounced dead at the scene, but William died en route to the hospital. Okay. It's, um... <sighs> Such close calls. It really is, it's... and it, it, I don't know, to me... Obviously, all murder is bad, but just, like, little babies is the worst. Because 
they really have no idea what's happening. No. And they're just so pure and have everything ahead of them. And I don't know. It just. That's so brazen, too. Can can you imagine? Like, it's a busy park, and they were only found 15 minutes later. Like, holiday weekend at a park. And he, he's like, I'm going to do this here now. Yeah. It's just. It's too bad that those people couldn't show up earlier as well. It's not their fault, but... Yeah. Murder was a new thrill for Dodd, Mm -hmm. and the scrapbook he had, he had clipped out newspaper articles and had plans in it for future murders and rapes and sketches of torture devices that he was engineering and a pact that he had made with Satan wherein Satan would supply Dodd with victims. Oh, this is a this is a big sudden escalation. Yeah. <clears throat> At one point in his journal or diary or scrapbook, whatever, he said, I've now asked Satan to provide me a ten to six or six to ten year old boy to make love to, Oof. suck and fuck, Ugh. play with, photograph, kill, and do my exploratory surgery on. Jesus. Yet another page detailed his search for compliant children who could be taught Lucifer's ways and be an assistant to Lucifer through me. How old is, is Dodd at this time? 28, 29. Okay. Because this is 1989. Yeah. I was just wondering if he had a schizophrenic break. That's a possibility. Well, but... Let me caveat by saying... Just because you're schizophrenic does not mean that you are going to make packs with the devil and murder children. My aunt was schizophrenic. She was a delightful human being. So I'm just saying that that is a, I don't want to say explanation, but it's a possible explanation as to why at that time he had a sudden increase. Well, and at this point he had had this book for about a year. So yeah. he, I don't know. It's it's so weird to me. And, and then later... He denied being serious about making a deal with the devil and just said that, you know, he was just kidding around or what. But mm-hmm. it was his journal, so I don't understand why he would write something that's not real to him. Yeah. Or maybe he's um, just an asshole. I mean, like, that's... That's a huge possibility. I'm just being an armchair psychiatrist here. <laughs> um, the other thing in the notebook that really grabbed my attention was he had documented his insatiable arousal after the murders and the next you know the next few weeks after his double the double murder he just sat in his apartment scheming and essentially masturbating to the thought of it yeah this is this is a really (sighs) this is a tough one Finally, on October 29th, about two months later, Dodd sent out to hunt again. This time he thought it better to hunt somewhere different than so close to his home. Mm-hmm. Kind of get out of his backyard. And I bet there's, like, police and more people watching that that park anyways. The park, yeah, because of the double murder, yeah. Um, and to kind of ensure nobody would recognize him. He, mm-hmm. So he drove across the state lines to Portland, but... It's not even a 30-minute drive, so he really didn't go that far. Just, yeah. Just enough. Shoot, it takes me longer to get home. It takes me 45 minutes to drive from work to home. Yeah. Dodd stopped at Richmond Elementary School, where he met 
Lee Aselli, who's four years old, and his brother Justin Aselli playing on the playground at school. Oh, babies. Justin left to go home, and Dodd told Lee he would drive him home, but then instead took him back to his apartment in Vancouver. Ooh, the four-year-old. The four-year-old. And I'm going to be honest... He's the most adorable little four-year-old, and he kind of reminds me of my brother when he was little. Oh, my God. He's an angel. He's He's got this round face and the toddler little button nose and this blonde bowl cut with the soft baby hair, and he's just... He's a innocent, happy four-year-old. He's just... He looks so much like my brother to me. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Which made it hit even harder for me for some reason, even though my brother's 40-something. Yeah. I mean, shoot, my baby just turned four. Like... Yeah. They're tiny. They're tiny. You don't have to coerce a four-year-old. You just pick them up and wander off. Just as a forewarning, I know all of this episode is really hard, but then... The next part is going to be the hardest. I had to stop a couple times when I was doing my research portion because a lot of the stuff I read was just, it was too much for me. Yeah. Uh, I left a lot of the more gruesome details that I saw out because I didn't think it was necessary for the story. Okay. You still get the gist of things without the trauma. Yeah essentially. But once he got back to Vancouver, he took Lee home to his apartment and again forced him to undress. Then he doesn't undress them, he makes them do it, which makes it so much weirder to me. Ugh. I really don't know why, but it fucks me up. Um he then tied him to the bed and photographed him and raped him. I found two articles that said in the midst of all this, Dodd left and went to Kmart and McDonald's before returning home and then resumed his torture. Mm -hmm. Not for the the baby, of course, but for him, right? I don't know. It just said that he did it. Yeah. And that's, I think, mostly from Mm. testimony later on. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was in the journal I couldn't find anywhere where I could read any part of that journal. I'm sure it exists. I'm just not on that part of the internet. He returned home and continued, got back into it, and essentially tortured Lee all night until about 5-3 a.m. when it all just... (sighs) It all just came to a tipping point and... Dodd strangled Lee with a rope and hung his body in his closet. Oh, God. He then took more photos of Lee's body in the closet. Dodd later said that he was not originally going to kill Lee, but deemed it necessary to better protect himself. He then, I think a day or two later, put Lee's body in trash bags and left it in some bushes near Vancouver Lake, where it was found a day later initiating a manhunt. Oh my god. Yeah. So this baby was gone for like three days? Yeah, I think it was over the period of a week like all of this happened. Jesus. But the police didn't have 
practically any information. It was, it was so minimal. They really just had a sketch compiled of eyewitness accounts from Portland. Yeah. So they didn't know if the killer was from Portland or from Vancouver or anywhere. They just knew that he was nearby. Yeah. You know, in that area. So that that made the search radius obviously kind of bigger because they didn't know where to go. Um, and I think that kind of emboldened Dodd again. You know, now he's seen that he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Because now he's not even getting caught. Yeah, now he's not getting caught, and his crime has escalated so much that he thinks, you know, the more I do, the less likely I am to get caught. I, I really don't know. It's so wild to me. But because he was so emboldened by this, he waited less than two weeks to go out again. Oh, my God. So last time it was two months. This is two weeks. So he's more than halved it. Yeah. <sighs> And I think also, like, his lust for it had gotten to yeah. a higher level there, and it just... Oh. That, that's... Wow. Oh, well. On November 13th in 1989, Dodd went to New Liberty Theater in Camas, Washington, again less than 30 minutes away. It's just east instead of south. Okay. So he now he he's made a little triangle Yeah. for himself, which narrowed... The radius, which is good. Actually, yeah. So he went to New Liberty Theater, and he waited in the bathroom until he met James Kirk II and attended to kidnap him. I don't think that there was a lot of finesse or persuading with this specific abduction, though, because I think he was really emboldened and just was like, fuck it, I'm just going to take him and go. Like, yeah. why do I need to do anything else? Or he's, he's like, crazed, maybe. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So. Frenzied. Frenzied is the word. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good point. Fuck. But no, he just picked up James and was carrying him through the lobby. And naturally, James, not knowing what was going on, started to, like, have a fit and Mm -hmm. got so loud that the staff noticed and started to, like, check in to see what was going on. Right. Which caused Dodd to panic and just drop James and run. I don't know if it was just good timing or if James had been so loud with his fit or if he was taking a long time in the bathroom, but within a minute of all of this, William Ray Graves, who was James's mother's boyfriend, okay, they were at the theater together, came into the lobby looking for James and the staff told him what happened because you know there's James being coddled by all these people. Yeah. And they gave him a very brief description as fast as they could of Dodd because William was like, "I'm gonna run. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get be him. his ass. Yeah, yeah. fuck him up." Which, thank you, William Ray, you are the motherfucking man. He ran out. He didn't see anybody, but he found him. Awesome. Less than a mile down the road. Oh. He, he, like, had some shark sense or something. No. As luck would have it, Dodd's car broke down. Oh. Yes. So he was on the side of the road, which obviously got a little bit more attention from William because there's a car on the side of the road. Yeah, you always look. Yeah. And luckily, Graves was smart and quick on his feet. And thought, I don't want to spook him and get him to run off. And decided to approach him friendly. 
he said, hey, man, you having some car trouble? Let me help you out. And when Dot accepted his help, his guard was down, and William got close enough and put him in a headlock mm-hmm. and took to him all the way back to the theater and detained him until the police arrived. So the kid is still at the theater this kid's whole time. Kid's still at the theater. Oh, okay. His mom's boyfriend ran out of the theater to try and catch this dude. I was thinking he was, on, he was on foot? He was on foot. Oh, he was on foot. He, oh. he saw his car like less than a mile down the road and dragged him all the way back to the theater. Wow. In a headlock. Like, ah. That's amazing. Yes. Homeboy just caught a murderer. So he caught him. He gets him back to the theater. Police come. They take him. They arrest him. They get a search warrant because that's the next step. Yeah. They went to Dart's apartment and they were interviewing a few neighbors and they recalled him having a small child at the house a couple of weeks earlier, which would have been Lee. Right. And they said, you know, it was kind of weird, but they just thought that it was like his nephew or his girlfriend's son or something. You know, like, no, they didn't suspect yeah. anything weird. Yeah, yeah. Once inside, the police found all the real evidence. Yeah. They found a homemade torture rack. They found newspaper clippings of his crime, underwear adverts for children and adults, and in a suitcase under the bed, they found the journal containing all his plans, sketches, and photos, and in the photos were several of Lee, including his body on Dodd's homing torture device. Oh, baby. So he processed all these himself as well, of course. I would assume. But Dodd was charged with aggravated first-degree murder, and attempted kidnapping. Initially, he pled not guilty, but later changed his plea in 1990 to guilty and claiming insanity. It's okay. It gets better. He was sentenced six months later to death and advocated to be hanged. He wanted to go to the gallows. I had the same face. I know. You're confused. I had the same face. He refused appeals for both his case and the sentencing, stating he was uncontrollable. Quote, I must be executed before I have an opportunity to escape or kill someone else. If I do escape, I promise you, I will kill and rape again. I will enjoy every minute of him, or every minute of it. I found an interview. Oh, jeez. I was trying to make sure I got that quote right. Okay, so this is... The interview, it's not very long. It's like two minutes. Why do you want to be executed? Uh, I have to be. He's so Uh, weird looking. Because I will kill again. No, I would do it again. I've been molesting kids nonstop since I was 13 years old. Over half my life. Uh, anything happened, I can guarantee I'd do it again. And sooner or later, I would kill another child. I've done it before. And at the time, I liked it. Don also says that if he ever escapes from prison, there is someone in particular that he will be out to kill. I'm not going to say who, but there is somebody out there. There's a man out there. There's a man? Yeah. Someone related to the case that got you in prison in the first place? Mm, Not directly, no. But it's something that you know that you're going to do or you, you plan to do, you want to do. Yeah. Your execution do any good I think it would I think a few child molesters anyway are going to think twice before they do anything again how do you live with yourself daily at times it's not easy 
Uh, I said there's times I think about what I've done. Um, I think about some of the things the boys said before they died, and, and that's real hard to think about. Um, All those babies. And other times All I just try to baby. put everything out of my mind. Do you look forward to dying? In a way, yeah, I think it'd be a relief. I don't have to think about all these things anymore. Uh, and I know that's the only way I can guarantee I'm not going to hurt anybody else. Um, you know, right now I sit here and say I don't want to, but I know it'll happen. Those babies. Yeah. You know, he's younger than I expected him to be. Because I kind of lose track of years as we go along. Yeah, and that's... Yeah, so this is in the 90s, and he was born in 61. Yeah. So this is, like, 1993, so he was literally 30... Yeah. 31, maybe, depending on what time of year. That's younger than us. Or me. That's younger than me. That's how old I am. Yeah. And, I mean, like I said, I just was like, oh, yeah, he was born here, and I just, like, oh, okay, whatever. That's why I asked how old he was when he was, like, 15 or 28 or whatever. But yeah. he, so, yeah, he's, for whatever reason, younger than I thought he would be. And he, I know that the interview is supposed to be about, like, he wants to die. But it was just so self-revolving. Yeah. It wasn't to, like, give families relief or whatever. It's like, no, because I'm going to kill somebody. Yeah, I don't think that he had any remorse no, he for didn't. what he did. I think that he was just tired of thinking about it and just didn't want to think about it. Like, yeah. I don't think that it was because he thought the world would be better without him as a monster in it. I think that he was just like, man, this is fucking, this sucks. Yeah, yeah. I can't, so. I can't go out and do the thing I want to do, so like, why yeah. even am I here? However, I will say... He definitely would have no claim to a um, insanity an insanity defense because he's sitting there like, oh, I know what's wrong. I do it anyway. It's like you know right from wrong, and therefore you have no insanity defense. Yeah. So. Well, and he kept, you know, a very detailed journal of what he was doing. Yeah. So he knew what he was doing. Yeah. I, I He didn't have, like, disassociation or something like that. Like, obviously, whatever insanity defense he had put forward didn't go it didn't through. Stay, it's no. just that you had said it, and so I was, yeah. I was thinking about that when, when I was yeah. watching that nightmare. He, um, he was in prison for roughly two years before he went to the gallows. But oh, while waiting... He actually went to the gallows. He did. He was, I think the last person hanged in Washington in like 50 years. I'll ha- I'll look it up and I'll email it to you. I meant to write it down and for whatever reason I didn't. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was the first person to be hanged in like years. It was a big thing yeah. to have a public hanging. Like yeah. it was fucking weird. It's like if somebody was like, I would like the firing squad, please. Yeah, exactly. Which, oh my god, that has to be but no, he was in prison for two years, and while waiting to be hanged, he wrote a pamphlet for parents on how to better fight child abduction and sexual abuse. Ugh. He was hanged January 5th, 1993. Oh, good. So let me tell you the only silver lining of this, which is actually a pretty thick lining, mm-hmm. and it made me feel a lot better 
but also killed me that this is what had to happen yeah for change when he was arrested hundreds of people took to the streets and demanded change at the capital in olympia the governor at the time appointed a panel which proposed a bill demanding change in the handling of sex offenders and it came into law in 1990 so three years before don was hanged okay it included a provision requiring sex offenders to register with the local law enforcement. Their presence in a new community was made public after their release from incarceration. And additionally, more funds were allocated into helping young teens and adults who were the most responsive to therapy instead of just throwing them back out onto the street. That's great. That's super great. The, yeah, it's super great. The only thing that was really negative in that bill was an addendum that stated that repeat offenders could be held in prison for extended open-ended sentences, which obviously there was some it's frustration it's, over. It's a double-edged sword. It is. The reason is this, and the reason I am cautious when it comes to sex offenders, because if you are a young person having sex with your slightly younger person, significant other, and you break up and then they were underage, you can be a sex offender. Mm -hmm. And I personally don't feel like that's right as long as everything was consensual and you are close in age. I said younger and slightly younger. Yeah, so if... I'm not talking about You're 21. talking about if you're 16 you're, and your significant other is 17 and then they turn 18. Yes. We're talking about, like... Teenagers. That sort of thing. Not a 24-year-old dating a 15-year-old. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about teenagers. Yeah. With other teenagers. With other teenagers, yes. You and still have to be in the teens. And I'm not talking about, like, 15, 19. I'm talking about, like... 19, 17. 18, 16. Even that... It, We'll see, but it's 16, 17. We're talking then, about year and a half differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Year and a half differences. Let's go with that. Yeah. Within within the two years. Yeah, yeah. Within two years. I don't think that's right. Personally. Yeah, because be you could... be a sex offender for the rest of your life. Yeah, because you could be in that situation where you've just had a birthday and now you're an adult by mm-hmm. law and your significant other's parents don't like you and they use that yes. against you, which happens as long as everything is consensual yes um i don't think that should be a thing so having open-ended sentences for sexual offenders that could apply to it's a it's a big blanket it's a big blanket it's a big blanket and you can also be considered in some states a sexual offender if you pee on the side of the road pee on the side of the road so that's a, that's another issue. But yeah, that's that's the only thing that, that really came of it. He claimed before he was hanged to have molested or assaulted or raped or fondled or whatever over 250 children. Jesus. I really only knew of the three little boys. And I was like... This is going to be sad, but I can do it. It'll be fine. And then I started reading, and I was, like, crying at one point, and my husband was like, you need to quit. And I was like, I've committed so much already. I have to keep going. (laughs) But I didn't 
I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know how how dark it it was gonna get. Like, yeah. crime is fascinating and murderers are intriguing, but this was somebody that was just very, very sick, and he hurt so many people, and it it's just so hard for me to comprehend any of it. Yeah, notice I've stayed very carefully away from young child death yeah usually I skip like those forensic files episodes or something when it's like five year old Cindy I'm like nope don't want to watch that (laughs) but I don't know I fucked up (laughs) that's that's all I do know is I fucked up and I picked the wrong one I haven't picked anything for next week so now I have to think of something like time plus tragedy equals humor so now i have to find something from like 1641 well good luck so here's a picture of the closet oh jesus we have more pictures okay so this is where lee's body was according to the photographs that dot took okay in this very very narrow closet i mean it's maybe two feet wide that poor baby was in there (sighs) yeah this is his homemade torture rack device it's it's just a bunch of sticks it's a uh it looks like a a cross between like a lattice and a pallet yeah yeah it's not well made but there is that and this is just you can see the ties still on the bed yeah it's a bed with a wooden frame or a wooden footboard and there's um, thin ropes tied to it. Yeah, it looks like um, the plastic twine stuff that they have. Yeah. And then this is Wesley Dodd in prison. So it's apt that he made a pact with Satan because he kind of looks like Satan. Like, not he, like he's got like devilish qualities. Yes. Okay. And I'm not just saying that because he's uh, evil? Evil is not even this a good word. He's got dark hair. It's straight and parted pretty severely on the side. And he's got like this dark Satan goatee thing going on. A really dark overhung brow. This is him when he was younger. He looks almost... It could just be the quality of the picture. He looks almost Hispanic. He does look Hispanic in this photo. I thought he was... Um, I'm still not completely certain on his race, but I didn't think that it mattered very much. I so. think also because it's black and white, you can't... In the, in the color photo, you can tell how... Um, the tone. The, his tone. Mm-hmm. That he's pinker. And mm-hmm. in this one, you can't tell so much. And his features and his hair are so dark that his, his hair is more wavy in this one. And it's very straight yeah. in his prison so photo. The reason I wanted to show you these two is because they look similar to me but they also look like different people just the way that his face is here mm-hmm. versus his facial expression in the other one where he's behind the glass in prison there's something here on this one that's softer to me and he almost looks just like some random dude here and I know the other one he's in a jumpsuit but it, I don't know his demeanor is different in that one than this one go back to the other one yeah Okay, and go back. Sorry. No, you're okay. They're both eerie in different ways. 
so when you first were saying that he looks less sinister in the first one, or in the, the, second, in the one? second one, I had the reverse reaction. Hmm. To me, he looks more pensive in the jailhouse one and more like conniving in the black and white one because he's like looking off to the side and it's kind of crooked and he's got like this handlebar not handlebar like this bar mustache and these dark eyebrows to me but, in this one he just looks like very 70s chill guy but in this one he looks he looks like a pedophile like I don't know how else to say it yeah and I I know that there isn't like a look like anybody can be one but knowing what you know in any case there's a difference to me I agree I I can see I see what you see um and I feel once like I started thinking about it they to me it, it's once I started thinking about it they they're eerie in different ways okay that's fair I feel like this one is just so much harder harsher I don't yes. know and it's not the, it's not the like it's not the jail that makes the photo different because honestly he's from a sharper. photography perspective these are both great photos like the lighting is great yeah but he's very sharp in the in the yeah present photo his goatee is sharp his hair is straight and sharp yeah um he's more gaunt mm-hmm the shadows are very sharp, whereas on the, the black and white one straight on, like, his nose is round, his hair is wavy, his chin is round. Yeah, he doesn't have the goatee there to bring it to a point, yeah. Yeah, so that that might be... That's probably what it is, then. What it is. Is the angle. He looks softer. Yeah, so the laws that we have in place now are because of Dodd, essentially. And it, it's fucked up that that had to happen for... It's It's messed up that so much hurt had to happen for there to be something in place to protect people and kids. Yeah. yeah. Like, why that wouldn't... I guess because up until that point, it's like, of course you protect kids. Why would you have to make a law for that? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just one of those things that, you know, you don't think of it until it happens. Like, when you move into a new house, you don't think about getting a plunder until your fucking toilet's clogged up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and by then, you have shit on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> by then, you're covered in shit. So, but yeah. Um... That was Wesley Allen Dodd. He was a horrible human being, and the world is better not having him in it. I don't often say that, because I think that everybody... Most everybody? I Yeah, most everybody. You hesitated, so I... Well, because fuck, you know. Alright, well, thank you guys for listening to this episode, even though it was awfully sad. I'm so sorry. Ugh... Alright, um, our next episode will be dropping in two weeks. I don't know what it'll be. I've slacked off for the holidays and have not considered it at all. Um, I'm gonna try to make it better than this. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Not better. Um, no, I uh, You're right. <laughs> a little, a little more light. A, li- uh, a light murder in the park. A light murder, yes. Just something gentle if you have any corrections or suggestions for us please email them to murdermomspodcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on facebook instagram and or twitter uh also like and subscribe to all those you can also find our patreon and newsletter links on facebook 
make sure to uh, subscribe to our newsletter because that's where you're going to get all the pictures that we discuss as well as links to news articles and open cases and all our sources and also uh, discount codes for merch and the links to our merch yeah. they're and pretty sweet and our our patreon is active now and it's as low as three dollars for an entire month and that's the first tier and i think the most it goes up to is like 10 or 15 i didn't make it much mm-hmm. but you get everything from bloopers and outtakes and extended cuts to free merch and all sorts of cool stuff on there too so look out for that and there will be like behind the scenes photos and stuff when we remember to take them (laughs) you'll get to hear Janessa's rants make sure to subscribe to Murder Moms wherever you get your podcasts like our episodes like the the podcast itself make sure to share us rate us and yeah uh, I'll be back in two weeks with something for you don't know what yet okay guys well that's it from us this week and we'll see you in two weeks with Maggie's unknown episode she'll figure it out i'll figure it out all right we'll see you then